Okay, I hope you're doing well. Yes, we're still working from home, and I don't know until when. But I hope this Foreign Policy Talks podcast is entertaining you with a fresh and insightful knowledge and ideas on foreign policy related issues. On this episode, I talk with Jessica Wijaya, which is the head of the Deleg- Indonesian delegations to the G20 Women Leaders Summit. She has a very good message to you, young Indonesian, especially women, uh, on the relation on of leadership and women, on the relation between uh, the women's participations on foreign affairs and how does it successful so far. Without further ado, let's start talk to her. Hello, Jessica. How are you doing? Hi, great. How are you? I'm good too. So, uh, are you now in Jakarta? Yeah, I'm in Jakarta. Oh, okay. So thank you so much, Jessica, for giving your time to to join this podcast interview. Mm-hmm, my pleasure. So I have read your your tremendous background on foreign affairs, um, and I'm curious on what you're thinking on why the foreign policy should be understood by millennials or young people in Indonesia. Uh, you know, I asked this based on my observation that many younger Indonesians don't appear to know or even appreciate the role Indonesia's leadership has played and continues to play in the international stage. Of course, we know that we cannot force people to be interested in foreign policy issues, but in your opinion, what's the importance of understanding foreign policy? Right. So we can't expect everyone to understand that uh, the international politics as specific as us who are in the field. Um, but the thing is that I think young generation in Indonesia, they must understand in general what is happening in the world. As we know, and like you said, we can't force people to be interested in foreign policy issues. Um, however, as for me, there's a huge difference with, uh, when I understand about international politics or foreign policy issues. And I tend to understand more of what other people think in pattern. Because if you only see in your country, if you observe 80 persons, people will have Indonesian thinking pattern. Well, um, I understand that not all Indonesian have the same thinking pattern, but thinking pattern is based on where and when you grew up and culture and those kind of things, you know. And when you understand more about people around the world, mm-hmm. you start to adopt the best thinking pattern from people and it leads to your um, ability to propel in your career and life. Mm. So the thinking pattern, yeah, uh, the main mm-hmm. reason. Right. Uh, you were the head of delegation of Indonesia to the W20, right, at the G20 Women Leaders Summit. Uh, how meaningful mm-hmm. is this role to you and what were the message you bring to the G20 leaders as the representative of Indonesia? Um, of course, of course, this role is very important for me because I'm sitting there not represent myself, but I represent all Indonesian women. So everything that I do, it represents Indonesia. This is a very important responsibility for me to... Um, contribute in our country, Indonesia's reputation around the world. As for 
the messages that I bring to the G20 leaders is more about the percentage of women in leadership position and how can women be trusted in those decision-making positions. Um, because most of the time, women are labeled as weak and there's certain label for women such as work from home, housewife and mother and just make it hard for people to believe in women and leadership. That's why uh, this is what we are emphasizing on. Oh, great. So actually it related to my next question. Mm -hmm. uh, how can you define the relation between women and leadership in general, Jessica? Um, now, women are being labeled as weak, as I said before, and I would say most of people still doubting the ability of women, especially if you dress nicely, you're beautiful, and men tend to degrade your ability, and uh, it happened to me. <laughs> but I think it's not a reason for us to change. I'm, I mean, we are women, we still like beauty and all those things. I met a lot of women who are very strong and um, very skillful in their leadership position, as when we want something to happen and change how people see women, we need to take action to show them that is really happening. And we need to show an example of that that is really happening. And I think women can be a good leader while you have seen the example of women head of state working on a COVID-19. I think it's a concrete example of that. Oh, awesome. So mm -hmm. talking about COVID-19 pandemic, uh, many experts, uh, many people are good and saying that you know, uh, women leaders are relatively more successful in handling the COVID-19. Uh, they mm -hmm. talk about Taiwan, they talk about Germany, New Zealand, and a few others. So in your point of view, what makes women leaders different? I don't want to use spatial in this case, right? Maybe you can use it, it's, it's okay. But uh, what's, what makes women leaders different in directing the decisions to fight the pandemic? I think it's because women work with empathy more. As, as we know, we as women, we are deep in feelings. And if you observe how women work, um, they usually are um, more detailed. And in some place, it could be seen as annoying by men sometimes. But it's actually better because we see a lot of things from different perspectives. And we probably see what men do not see. And that's why, you know? Oh, uh, what is it? What is it? Can you... Can you... Can you name some? Something that men yeah. can see. Uh... Yeah, for example, that we are very detailed as women, you know. So when something uh, detailed not coming up as right, so we see it immediately. So men tend to be very practical mm -hmm. in their nature. So I think that is what women can see. Oh, awesome. Oh, by the way, Jessica, uh, what's your general assessment on the involvement of youth in foreign affairs? You know, um, is it giving a significant impact on the foreign policy decision making the process so far? Or is investment in youth engagement in foreign affairs worth it, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, yes, of course, of course, definitely, because um, I do see that younger generation, they have fresh ideas which can lead to be great decision makers in the future. For example, like you, <laughs> as for now, I believe we have organization for younger generation as in Youth 20, we have Youth 20 and they give the communique directly to the G20. And for example, the Obama Foundation, they, they also have the fellowship program, which actually very useful for young generation in giving fresh ideas to influence their decision-making process, which make them very special in this decision-making process. Because I think younger generation, they have fresh ideas, 
which probably um, an older generation didn't realize what should we do in this um, situation, for example, like COVID-19. Mm. So what kind of investment do you think is good to be given to the younger generations? I mean, I mean, you are the example of a young woman who is very active in foreign affairs, right? very active in publicly voicing out your opinion, right? But uh, mm -hmm. what kind of investment do you think, I don't know, by either by government, either by private parties uh, in investing to the, to the youth, to the young people in foreign affairs? I think it's very important that I think we know that we are in foreign affairs and that we know we have some uh, organizations that really, uh, you know, conducting this fellowship program. And this is very good and, you know, model United Nations and things like that. It is an investment because when you as a, a foreign policy activist and you join the program fellowship or its model United Nations or things like that, you are investing yourself. You know more about foreign policy, which you will not get it from your university because it's a practical matter. You are, you know, you, you need to be in the field to really face the people. And you need to really be in the field to understand the matter more. I think that's the best investment that we have in the world for uh, foreign policy. And I think it's going well right now. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So I read some articles uh, saying that uh, and reporting your involvement as the chairman of TGC International in helping the Indonesian hospitals. Uh, do you want to share a bit of that? I know, I mean, the, during this pandemic, people are, uh, more active in helping others, right? And do you have mm -hmm. any message to, to say to young Indonesian who are listening to this podcast amid this situation? Um, yes, we are the humanitarian organization, which I plan to be, uh, we plan to be the United Nations consultative status. And we are working on that. And because our organization is based in Indonesia, but we are planning to go international. That's why it named TGC International. And what is TGC? TGC is the, the grandeur of conscience, which we emphasize on the uh, conscience and awareness of people to help people to understand more about human nature and uh, uh, humanity. And my message for the young generation in Indonesia is um, don't give up and surround yourself with the right people because that's the most important thing that you can do mm -hmm. to um, escalate and elevate yourself mm -hmm. and be productive whenever we can. And probably last but not least, you must be confident and you don't have to care about what people think about you because you're, you know, you know, young generation are amazing the way they are. And I feel they, they need to keep moving. <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, by the way, I, I'd like to, ask you one more question actually like you know mm -hmm. um seeing the many countries are now you know relatively successful in coping with the crisis right uh what do you think is the importance of seeing other countries experience for indonesian government for indonesian i don't know all of the relevant stakeholders and in looking up to the other experiences and handling the crisis yeah i think we need to really look up to other country because um, I, I wouldn't say this bad, but there's something about our culture that we always feel that if we adopt something from foreign country, that means that we are not, uh, we are not having a high nationalism. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the problem in our country. And I think that is the biggest problem because we need to learn, you know, as even, even as human being, not as the country, as human being, we need to learn from other people. And you know that the other country have more uh, GDP than us. And it's actually very clear that they are very developed and more developed than us. But some people, they just don't want to admit it. And they just want to say that Indonesia is the best number one, blah, blah, blah. But I said that if you, if you, if you keep that thinking pattern and that mindset, uh, we wouldn't be able to really develop our country because the development of our country, the development of one country is actually based on the people, you know. When the people, because people have the uh, strongest power in the country, not the government, because the, the yeah, because the percentage, the percentage of uh, people in the country, the average people, the uh, normal people, is more than the government itself. So I think that the the theme pattern of people is very important, and what we can adapt, it's a lot, a lot of things that we can adapt. For example, the New Zealand, they adopted. Uh, they are very brave in taking the measure, uh, especially the leader is woman, uh, the head of state. So I think that we really have to learn from China too and from the United States because China is very brave, very courageous in taking the measure for this and they are very fast in administration, which our country uh, lack of, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that's a important thing that administration because administration leads to uh how we handle things and eventually it leads to the welfare of people in this country i think that's my opinion awesome uh jessica what's the most challenging situations that you have ever had in you know in involving yourself in the foreign affairs activities there's a lot of things for example that uh, i'm always the youngest when I and the meeting table and I, I sat there and there's a lot of there's uh, many opinions of people doubting me because I'm young and I'm a woman and probably they have more experience than me but that's the thing you know that's the challenge because I need to uh, keep myself to be confident and I need to keep myself to be always uh, focused on my goal and we don't have to care about what people think about us. That's the challenge because we are women. Sometimes we still be sensitive and think about what people think about us. But uh, if you're working on your career, that's not going to work. So we need to really focus on our goal and you don't have to care what people think about you. That's the challenge. Great. I'm sure our listeners are very happy listening to your uh, statement just now. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we, need to do, to, we need to be always build our confidence, as you said. So thank right. you so much, Jessica. Thank you for your yeah. time. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you again next time. Goodbye. Bye. Stay safe. Stay safe.